If you want to improve, you must be content to be thought foolish and stupid. Epictetus. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the podcast that helps you be the leader. I'm Jeremiah Sullivan. I'm your host. And this is a podcast that teaches you how to succeed, how to dominate, how to absolutely crush the competition, and not just you, but your team. Okay, we break down strategies and tactics to help you with your individual leadership and your performance. Performance meaning everything from mindset, rituals, routines, energy, goal setting and achievement. And then on the leadership side, you know, we, we discuss tactics and strategies to help you with your influence, your ability to get the team to actually hit the objective, to get people to rally around your cause. And uh, honestly, we, a lot of what we focus on too is self-leadership, how to get yourself to, to push through, how to lead yourself when you don't feel like moving. Okay. So that's what you, uh, that's what you tuned in for. And I'm excited for today's episode because we have a really special one. When I say me or we, it's not just me. Yeah, I'm joined by my co-host, the master podcaster, Justin Phillips. Come on in, man. What the heck is on your shirt? Um, like the picture or the writing? Well, the part that I can see, I can't see any writing from where I'm at right now. And I know the listeners can't see anything, but it's going to bug me for the rest of the episode if I don't ask. So oh, okay. this is a picture of a, uh, a runner with a face mask on. And okay. I got this when I did the Silver Heels 100 uh, ultra race and in the Silver Hills area here in Colorado. So it's, uh, it's a hundred miler shirt and they're wearing the mask because it's kind of, you know, dirty out there and dusty. Yeah. And it yeah. makes that person look like a badass. So it's a hundred miler <laughs> shirt. All right, cool. Yeah. I actually got a comment on Facebook one time I was running an ad and I, ha I was wearing this shirt in the photo and you know, you know, you know how Facebook ads are. Some people talk shit, but, but, but a lot of people talk shit. Like well, I did one on the, my getting my blue belt in seven months. I put that on there and a guy was like, bullshit, no way. It took me 18 months just to get my body, yeah. you know, condition and blah, blah, blah. Well, anyways, sometimes I get some good comments <laughs> and I wore this shirt on that. I had this, this shirt on a photo or, uh, my photo had the shirt on it. And the guy was like, holy shit. That shirt says hundred mile race. This dude's a freaking badass. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was a cool compliment, a cool little comment on side of a Facebook ad. Yeah, but, dude. Uh, I get, I get sort of surprised by, because now that I've been in Concord Academy and around so many of these people, like even a hundred miler is still like an accomplishment for sure, but it doesn't like, I don't know. It's not as outstanding to me as it is to other people. I was out, I was at work the other day and one of these guys was talking about how just like freaking mind boggled he was because he knew this guy that was about to go do like a 63 mile race or something mm -hmm. he was like man i don't think i could even drive for 63 miles <laughs> yeah you know well you know you've been exposed to you know like you said conquer academy which yeah. is a whole nother animal man like there's <laughs> no coaching program in the world that exists where you go in there and you got you know some business owners entrepreneurs corporate professionals military and they're all just like absolute animals <laughs> They're just constantly yeah. pushing it like the day i woke up it, this last winter i went in there i looked at uh our chat and one of the members had posted that they did a a, a marathon in a blizzard i was just <laughs> like this doesn't exist anywhere else this is so cool you know what i mean yeah, yeah that's awesome but yeah so you know let's catch up and then you know for everybody tuning in right now what, what you have ahead of you is a really it's gonna be a really interesting topic and it's going to be something that helps, I think, humble you as the listener and help you grow. Okay. Cause I know as I was preparing for today's topic, it was doing that for me. And I was, I jumped on, you know, Instagram live, like I always do to get kind of the conversation going to get warmed up for the podcast and see what was on people's minds. And somebody, you know, messaged and asked me, they said, uh, how do you deal with hotshot troops? with big heads that are blind to the things that they need to work on. You know, basically how do you deal with the cocky guy that's out there and how do you rein him in? And then also what's that like balance between allowing him to have some confidence, but also helping him stay, stay humble so that he can learn and realize that he's not, you know, God's gift to the world and like it, that the universe revolves around him. Right. So, you know, this is going to help 
you as if you're a leader and you have somebody like that in your team, it's also going to help if you might feel like a little bit like that on the inside, like you might be a little bit arrogant, a little bit cocky, and you probably need to rein yourself back in just a little bit. Okay. Um, so we're going to talk about that and I'll speak from personal experience from my time in the military and some things that I've learned to help you out. And yeah, that's, that's what we got ahead of you. So it's going to be a great episode. And, uh, Justin, what do you think about this one? What do you, what do you, what's your forecast for today's episode, Justin? <laughs> my forecast? Well, if I, I just checked actually, um, it appears that there's like a 99% chance this is going to be the best episode we've ever done. Perfect. <laughs> so <laughs> hands down. <laughs> you guys, that's, that's oh, no, though, because last week's last week's you made, you made me, you raised the bar for me saying that all the time because last week's episode was fucking good, dude. Did you like it? I, I, you I, know, I was wondering, I was wondering if you really did. I saw your message inside of my yeah. chat and uh, I was wondering if it really hit you or if you were just trying to pump it I up. Did. Um, so tell me your thoughts on last week's. I'm curious. Just a, just a lot of really good little nuggets in there. And I think I, I always, I don't know. I always seem to have an appreciation for content when it's saying something that you already know, but for some reason it just never hit you the right way. Mm. And I think you did that for a lot of people, right? I think a lot of people already knew the message, but you just kind of dug it up out from a lot of them within that episode and so on and so forth. And he gave them a story to go with it and stuff. So, yeah, well, I appreciate that, that comment. And if you haven't listened to last week's episode, it was on basically how to, how to speak to your team and the people around you and, and really the core of the episode was to speak to them as if you might be gone tomorrow. And that, that can help you with your individual leadership because you'll tailor your message appropriately, but you guys can go back and listen to that. And, and if you do, um, you know, tag us and share it on social media that tag me, tag Justin, uh, Justin, we haven't done your handle in a while. It's underscore okay. Justin RP. Yep. Right? Underscore Justin RP. If you want to tag him. And then obviously myself, um, Jeremiah Sullivan, make sure you just spell the first name, right? Cause people <laughs> mess that up from time to time. So that's last week's episode. Um, any updates on your side as far as life goes, Justin, before we jump in? Not necessarily. All same, right. same stuff. Just in the grind. All right. Same here. Um, I, I did a post today that said, you know, sometimes in life, uh, you have to make shit happen. Other times in life, you just need to glow with the flow and capitalize. And for me right now, I'm in that things are lining up really, really well phase. And I just need to go with the flow and then capitalize on the momentum, which is nice, man. Cause you know, fighting your way through something through a goal can, can be pretty taxing and stressful. And I'm hoping that somebody else out there is going through the same thing where they, they went through a fight. They, they maybe were a little bit stressed out and they were digging and working hard. And then right now, maybe they're a little bit, things are a little bit smoother, but what you got to do when you're in that, that zone is you can't take your eye off the ball. Okay. You got to stay focused, capitalize on the momentum and enjoy the process a little bit more. Um, but just don't get complacent. Right. So that's kind of where I'm at personally. And that has resulted in me. I, you know, coming into this podcast today, having, I'm ready, man, I'm excited and I'm fired up and I got some good energy. So we'll dive in. I'll recap on the question that was asked on live. And then Justin, you can do like you always do, work your magic, ask me some questions, and, and we'll pull away some tactical stuff that you guys can all implement on your own to make yourself better leaders, whether that's in your family, you know, your small teams, your big teams, your big company, your little company, whatever it is, it's going to make you better. All right. So the question again was, hey, Jeremiah, how do you deal with hot shot troops or how did you deal with hot shot troops with big heads that are blind to the things that they need to work on? It's a tough one. Right. Cause, um, we've all been there before where we felt like the world revolved around us and we were so focused on a goal. We were only looking at that goal from our own personal lens and what that, as you start to get some momentum in life, that causes an inflated, uh, sense of self-worth. It, it causes your ego to kind of get ahead of you, get out of control. And Justin, like I mentioned to you earlier, before we kick this thing off, uh, to be, you know, to be honest, little confession that used to be me, right? I was, I was that guy, um, when I was early in my military career, I went from feeling like a failed athlete right after high school to getting some victories in the military. The military helped me build some momentum. And then I started feeling pretty good about myself, man. And, um, I think there was a, a, a period where I was blind to maybe some of the feedback that could have helped me 
and I could have been a little bit more humble um, along the way. And, and if I would have been, I think I would have led better. I think that I wouldn't have been so mission focused. I mean, I shouldn't say it like that. I shouldn't have been so obje- uh, goal oriented selfishly and I would have been more team focused. And that actually would have produced a better result in terms of the goal, in terms of the team's mission. So I've been there before 100%, 110%. And, uh, and I have an extreme personality, so you can imagine <laughs> what that was like <laughs> back then. Um, so, so Justin, just, you know, initial thoughts on the topic. What do you think of the question that was, that was sent in? Okay. So outside, outside of you being the Mr. Big Shot, fancy pants army guy at some point in time, did you, do you also have experience dealing with that guy? Was there, were there times when it wasn't yourself so that we can actually kind of get an answer to the direct question that was asked. Yeah, I, I have, I've, I've been in both. I've been the person and I've also led okay. people that were the same. And uh, so yeah, I'll be able to hit it from both sides for sure. Gotcha. Well, so then what's the, what's the kind of skinny answer that you have then to this question? What do you mean by skinny? Quick, short recap. Um, okay, so the quick answer to deal with somebody that is a hot shot that is blind to the things that they need to work on. The reality is that that person has to either fail. Mm. They have to fail really hard to have a humbling experience or they need to have the person that's leading them needs to sit down and have not a logical conversation, but have an emotional one. Okay. What I mean by that is the, the way you communicate to that stubborn, arrogant, you know, maybe cocky person, it it requires a certain finesse because you want them to be confident, but you also want to humble them at the same time. And so your, your job, when you find that individual as the leader is to impact them with your words emotionally to create change, an arrogant, cocky person won't, won't really connect with a message that's just logical. Like if you told me, my early twenties, hey Jeremiah, you need to like slow your roll. Like you're coming off a little bit cocky. I would been, I would have blown you off. I yeah. would have been like, nah, man, I know what I'm doing. I gotten here, yeah. right? I've gotten to where yeah. I'm at right now. I know what I'm doing. And um, if somebody would have sat me down and been like, look across the table from me at like a meal or had a heart to heart with me, it would have impacted me differently. I would have listened a little bit more. And so that that that's kind of the you know, the skinny of it, as you called it. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's good. Um, Because I think that's kind of the paradox and why this question gets asked in the first place too, right? Is that when you have a very cocky or arrogant individual anywhere and you try to have a conversation with them, the cockiness and the arrogance gets in the way of the conversation. So just saying like, have a tough conversation with them doesn't necessarily work i think people need to know a little bit more about how to approach that conversation or about the details of that yeah well i mean it's going to depend on like person to person right so if you're if you are leading this individual who's kind of arrogant and kind of cocky and kind of ahead of himself you know it you're you're gonna have you having a serious conversation with them is already a great start Okay. Like correcting them kind of sternly and just being, and, and just talking to them but like logically, like I said, about why their behavior is kind of like going to end poorly. It won't really resonate. But if you can, like I said, connect with them at a deeper level and you know them, if you're trying to be a good leader, which somebody listening to this is, you know them on a deeper level and you can connect with them about the things that are important to them in life. And then talk about how their behavior right now is going to disrupt the direction that they're going. So it's, it's going to, re- there's too many hypotheticals there to kind of go into about how to deliver it. It's really just up to the person. I would just meet the intent. Like if you have that individual in your formation, your team or whatever, try to connect with them emotionally and let them know about what's going on. They need that. They need that correction. And, um, the, the reality of of the situation is the person that is the leader. That's a little bit arrogant, cocky and ahead of themselves. Okay. Which let's just say in this example was me in my early twenties. Okay. That person is actually demonstrating weak leadership. Okay. That's a weak leader. Okay. When you're, when you're constantly putting yourself first, your own self-interest first, not the teams, not the mission, not the bigger picture, you're actually setting yourself up to be less influential across time. All right. So people will, if you have a team 
young Jeremiah's got a team and he's leading them and he's telling them what to do, but he's only focused on himself, the, the school that he wants to go to next in the military, the promotion that he wants to get to next in the military and all of his decisions are alignment with where he wants to go. Well, guess what happens with the soldiers? Guess what happens with the team? They smell that stuff out, man. People know it. You, you might, like people might, you might think if you're, if you are that leader, you might think your team doesn't know that you're acting in your own self-interest. You might think you're fooling them. But the reality is people aren't stupid. And when you have a team, they look at the leader kind of like a child looks at their parents. They're really like hypersensitive to what you're doing. Okay. And they, they build up a judgment about that leader based off of snapshots and interactions. So they're constantly using these little like interactions that you have to build who they think you really are at your core. Okay. So if you're trying to hide it, it's, it's going to be, it's, if you're trying to hide the fact that you're, that you are self driven, you are only interested in your, your own growth and your own progression, the team is going to smell it out. And then over time, they're either going to stop listening to you or they're going to go somewhere else. Because nobody wants to be led by somebody that's in it for just them. Like, I don't know, Justin, what are your thoughts on that? I think that in today's society, especially too, I think that's kind of the default. You mentioned, you know, your team will eventually smell it out. I don't think they even have to smell it out. I think the vast majority of people, the average person who I know we try to stay the hell away from, but, (laughs) but, um, but no, seriously, the average person, like if you get a new job or something where it's just that the societal norm is like putting money in his wallet, you know, working for the big man, that type of thing. People just by default think that if you're paying them, then they're really the one or if they're paying you, then they're really the one benefiting from it. And you'd have to do something to really drive home the point like, no, this is a team thing. There's a mission here coming forward, et cetera. And that can obviously be really tricky and a really long road for that matter too. Yeah. So the leader lesson in that example is if you are leading a team or a company, you have to, you have to be hyper aware and very, very sensitive to how you're speaking to your team. Are you always praising what you're doing and what, uh, you know, the, you know, you see this a lot with companies that are numbers focus. They're like, well, we got to get these numbers up. We got to get these numbers up. And when you, when you do that, the person or the team that's below you hears nothing about them. They don't feel important. They don't feel mm-hmm. like what they're doing is contributing to anything. And it's like, okay, only thing he cares about is getting to the end result. He doesn't give a shit about me. And over time, that story compounds. Okay. So yeah, it's super, super difficult, but you have to be aware of how you're speaking. Okay. I told, I taught Conquer Academy this one time, I don't know if you were there on that call, but it was your word is your weapon. Okay. Out of, as a leader, your word and your words, like what you say you're going to do and how you communicate is your weapon to get stuff done. Okay. When you have a team, you as an indiv- you as a leader can only do so much alone. You know, if you got a, a company of a hundred people, you can get a lot more done. So you have to be careful and strategic with how you speak to get all hundred people to go the same direction. Now, if you're not speaking in terms of selflessness, then that team is not going to go the direction that you want them to go. And this is interesting that this all this came through, this question came through at this point in time because I think last week you posted something on Twitter about people should be more selfish. Do you remember posting that? I probably did, yeah. Twitter is like the worst thing for me to remember what I said. <laughs> but but I think usually just me spitting stuff that I, I you know, it was a, it. it was a simple line it caught my attention because i was um it was there was no context and i was just really <laughs> curious i was like okay so let's see what he had i want to i was like let me shelve this conversation let me see what he has to say about this topic because it'd be a good one to kind of go back and forth on and um i think the you can find the exact tweet but it was something along those lines of you know people should be more a little more selfish in life or something like that and i'm just curious if you can refresh your memory what where that came from or what the intent of uh, the tweet was about. Okay. So, oh, this was a while ago. This was like two, three weeks ago. A lot of people actually need to be way more selfishly driven. Mm. I 
I don't remember off the top of my head exactly where that was coming from or what prompted me to say that, but I'd have to guess it was along the lines of, because I do think it's good to be selfish to a certain extent. I, I do know a handful of people that will just do all sorts of nonsense for everybody else. And I think what what has really been on my mind a lot lately that's tied to that is learning to say no to things, which mm. I know we talked about on here recently. Like I'm getting to that age where my friends, my peers that are also my age, feel obligated to everyone to do everything all the time. And it's just like constantly, and they're constantly, I don't want to go here. I don't want to go see this person, that person. And I think that's probably something similar to where that was coming from was me being like, figure out what you do want to do and kind of align your actual actions with that. Yeah. You know, this is a really good topic because I, I knew that I knew that there was there's two sides to this, right? There's there's the selfless side and there's the selfish side to leadership. Right. Like I, I if I want to be a great leader, try to be a great leader, I do have to be selfish with my energy. I do have to be selfish with my time. I do have to be selfish with where I'm going to focus and help. Right. But I also have to be selfless in terms of who I'm leading, who I'm influencing. And I got to have this balance between doing both. And I, I knew that there was some, um, I, I liked bringing that, that tweet up because it creates this, this, you know, dichotomy in the conversation mm -hmm. that we're having. They were trying to create this balance between selfishness, self, Ish, gosh, <laughs> I'm saying, say that 10 times really fast. Okay. You're right. <laughs> your vocal, your vocal warmups didn't help. I know. <laughs> um, but I also, you know, I'm glad that you spoke up on that and knew that I wasn't going to like, just hammer you for being like, you're not agreeing with me. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. So I appreciate you giving some feedback and some nah, dude, uh, that's background. What, on that's that. what Twitter is for disagreeable one-liners with no context. Oh man. Let's not even go down that rabbit <laughs> hole because that's, if you want it, guys, if you want to get good at social media, start on Twitter and just be an asshole to everybody. That's all you really got to do. All right. So dialing this back in. All right. We're, we're, the problem we're trying to solve is we're trying to help a leader out there either rein his team back in a little bit, get their head out of like not be so big. Or uh, if we're, you're somebody that you think where you got everything figured out, you're just super genius. You're the exception and you want to try to reel yourself back in. You know, how do we do that? And I think that it comes down to, well, we'll head it from both sides. Let's start with the team. Well, no, let me, let me start it with me first, because if I do team, then somebody's going to be like, you're an asshole. You always think that like, you're, you're so freaking perfect. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm like the opposite <laughs> of perfect. I'm like a complete freaking mess, man. That's where all these lessons are coming from. It's failure after failure. Okay. So. I learned kind of how to humble myself when I was in, in ranger schools. One of many times where I knew that I was kind of getting ahead of myself based off of the, the data, the feedback that was coming to me. Okay. So I went to ranger school. You do the first week at ranger school is rap week. You do a bunch of physical stuff. You're basically an individual in that week. Then you go on to Darby phase and in Darby phase, you're in a squad and that's when the, the leadership evaluations start happening. You have two evaluations per phase where you're going to lead the squad. And at the end of that phase, you're also going to do peer evaluations against each other. I say against, but it's really for each other. Okay. And you're going to tell that, that every single person in your nine man, 10 man squad, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, and whether or not you would go to war with them, and then how you, how you, how you rank them as a leader. So I'm naturally, I'm an introvert, right? As loud as I am on the podcast and social <laughs> media, I love being alone and I do love people, but I'm not, it's not, it's not habitually natural for me to go out and interact with people. And that's taken work for me to become that way. Yeah. So I go into ranger school and I'm kind of like the gray man, you know, I'm trying to just do the right thing. Hey man, I'll go here. I'll, I'll accomplish the task that they want me to do. I'll do my eval. I go through Darby phase. And I get my peer evaluations back. And guess what? Mr. Fucking Hotshot, Jeremiah, didn't score so well on his peer evals. Nope. Maybe average. Maybe below average rating. Because I was basically an individual that whole phase. And it was like yeah. a slap to the face when I got that and I read it. Because here, you know, here I am and I'm also insecure on the inside because I, I want to do a good job. I want to win. I want to succeed. 
That's my insecurity. I want to be perfect, right? So when I get feedback, like, hey, man, you, you scored below average or average on your peer evaluations. Your team doesn't really, they didn't have anything exceptional to say about you. That's like, in my mind, I'm like the biggest failure in the world. So I'm like, shoot, I'm screwed up, man. And, and fortunately, I had the ability to kind of self-assess and figure out what I need to do to improve. And as you go on through ranger school, you go through more phases. Two, there's two more phases after that. There's mountain phase and Florida phase. So I'm like, all right, what do I got to do differently? And I started studying the guys that scored in the 90 percentile or higher, guys that did exceptional on peer evaluations. Because everybody, it becomes common knowledge. You know, everybody kind of shares it and stuff. Right. And I started studying them and I realized that what those guys did differently was when they were not in a, a leadership position, when they were just a, a regular soldier following the instruction of the leader throughout each phase, and specifically in Darby phase, they were always serving and helping. Mm -hmm. They were helping out the team. They were like, you know, when the guy, when the other person was in the leadership role, writing up with the operations order, they were trying to make that guy's life easier. And so I started doing that and I just started mirroring it and, and behaving in a manner that was congruent with the people that did the best. And then in mountains in Florida phase, I ended up sc scoring in the top 90% on both peer evaluations. I course corrected. I said, okay. And so what I would do <clears throat> is every time I got sleepy and tired, like while we're on patrol or whatever, which you're always sleepy and tired, but as soon as <laughs> we, st we stopped. Okay. And I'm laying down in the, in the prone and the dirt and I start feeling myself, you know, nodding off. I was like, shit, man, I'm getting tired. Let me, how do I fix this? Let me see if I can help somebody else out. And so I would get up and I would just like, you know, try to motivate the troops, essentially go around, troop the line, go to the leader, see what he needed. And what, what ended up happening is that compounded. And then the next thing, you know, um, my peer evaluations went up, but then also later on in Florida phase, I received a no go on one of my patrols. Okay. Not because I was helping others, but I received one because I was in a, in a leadership position with a platoon and the guy that I was the other, the other leader, the platoon leader, there's a platoon leader and I was the platoon sergeant. He was moving so fast. He was a special forces guy, a Green Beret, and he was moving so quick. I wasn't keeping up with his movement and his ability to get to the objective and the mission and still do my tasks. So he's like sending guys to the mission. I lost accountability because he's moving so quick. He went out part of the patrol base that, or the ORP that I wasn't at. Well, doesn't really matter the details of it, but the, the bottom line is that I ended up getting a no-go which is a failed evaluation, a failed leadership evaluation, and you only get two shots per phase. Okay, so if you fail both of them, you're out. You start over. Do that phase over again, which is horrible, man. It's a horrible thing. I, <laughs> you don't want to be in ranger school longer than you have to. So, you know, I ended up failing that, but then I got my next opportunity, and the reason I passed my next one was because everybody in the platoon was rallying behind my leadership patrol and my success. They, I had a, had a lot of the guys in the platoon that wanted to help me and see, see us get mission success. And they, the only reason that they wanted to do that was because I had spent those weeks prior helping them. You see what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically I'm here, I am, I'm the next, I got a, I got a next, a, the next leadership role. And everybody knows that I have failed one patrol and I got one shot left. Everybody knows that. And they're think, they, they all came together and they're like, how can we help Jeremiah? How can we help him achieve success? And they start rallying behind me and that helped us, you know, succeed with the patrol we we're doing. But it all started with being a little less selfish and being more selfless. And that compounded. And then guess what happens? You know, the, re the reason I passed that patrol, the second one in Florida phase, was because the entire team was moving in the direction that I wanted to go and that I, that I needed to achieve success in and that they, as a platoon, wanted to achieve success in. So that, that's quality leadership right there, right? Getting, getting 20 people or whatever we had, 30 people, all to move towards one objective and work towards it and support that guy, that leader. That's pretty good, man. So key point there is we need to know as, as junior leaders, well, I know from experience that you're going to end up failing if you don't humble yourself, if you don't start serving others, the team won't get behind you. Just like I was destined for failure in Darby phase. If I would have kept that pace, guess what would have happened? 
you know, mountain phase, Florida phase, everybody would have been sending the same shit, except for it would have gotten worse. <laughs> and they would have been like, nope, he's just here for himself. Now you see that, you saw that guy at yeah. Ranger School too. So what are your thoughts on, uh, on that, Justin? It's another one of those things that seems kind of basic, like help other people first and karma, basically, from that point forward, what goes around comes around, but not a whole, not a whole lot to touch on there. Just like it makes logically, it makes sense to you, right? Yeah, it does make sense. Okay. The, um, so where do you see yourself in terms of, let's just call it the selfish and selfless scale. Okay. Let's start. Let's do that. Let's go that direction and we'll keep digging here. So where do you see yourself on, on that scale? If you had a place at which side do you favor? You think I'm going to say I favor the selfish side. Okay. Um, I'm going to say like a 70, 30 split. Hmm. 70, 30. Okay. Somewhere in there. Do you feel like that's a good spot to be? Do you feel like, um, you should move one direction or the other? I don't feel like it's the best spot to be, and I definitely feel like I should be moving more towards selfless, especially as time progresses. Yeah, keep elaborating. So what do you mean by as time progresses? Well, I don't know. I just feel like I feel like if there is a time to be selfish, especially it's in the like late teens, early 20s, starting to figure out your career, you know, go do stuff like I, I do follow that whole type of thing. And then you get older, you get into your late 20s, you get the family, all that stuff that people talk about. I do feel like there is kind of like a more selfless as time goes on. It's more of a time and a place to be selfless mm. in everything that you do. Now, obviously, there's situational things too. Maybe, you know, when I'm down at the baseball stadium working with that team, I'm less selfless. I'm more of a team player there than I am just in my general everyday life sitting here behind my computer editing everyone else's videos all day long. I think that's a great contrast and a great comparison and example. Like, like when you show up and you're doing video editing for the baseball team that you're working with and you show up there, it would, it would probably be wrong to have a 70, 30 split. Right. Right. It would probably be with selfishness and selflessness. Yeah. It would probably be right to be 70% selfless in that. Yeah, example. I was going to say 70, 30 the other way. <laughs> yeah. So that's a really good example. And I would also say, to, I would warn people that are thinking, okay, I'll be more selfless later. I would warn them that if you're not going to do it right now, you won't do it right later. Mm -hmm. That's just a good rule for everything that you do habitually, right? Like if yeah. I can't, if I can't wake up and complete my tasks in the morning yeah. and get it done, I'm probably not going to be able to get it done later in the day. That's just the truth of the matter, right? Are we saying that selfishness and selflessness are mutually exclusive? Ooh. Elaborate. Well, just basically, can you be both at the same time? Or if mm -hmm. you're being, uh, because there are certain, that probably goes on a task by task or an action by action basis, whether it's selfless or selfish. But I feel like, I feel like you can be pretty selfishly driven. You could be going after a goal for yourself, like starting a business, for example, right? Like, I don't think it's quite right to say that that's a selfless thing to do because there is definitely something in it for you at that point, but it's also creating jobs. It's also helping the economy, et cetera, et cetera, which is kind of selfless and selfish at the same time. Mm, true. I always say that all, every single one of your intentions is actually selfish because, selfish, yeah. because it's really like, if you, if you, if I get excited helping people and I know that one, it makes my energy better, makes me feel good. <laughs> All right. And it also helps get to the bigger picture. Then that's pretty selfish. Yeah. Right. So you can, what that can turn into is manipulation, which you got to be careful of, right? If you're, you're, you're convincing yourself and other people that what you're doing is in the service of others, but really you're just so objective focused and big picture focused. And now you're just manipulating others. So I think, I think they're not exclusive. I think you, that's what this is about. That's what this podcast is about. It's about self-mastery. Essentially, mm -hmm. we're trying to figure out, you know, where, where do I, as a, either a leader or a subordinate need to adjust and kind of fix my selfish selfless scale <laughs> so that I can be a little bit more balanced and be a better team player, be better at my work. And I think that's up for the, up to the individual to figure out. And I would say that you can be both, 
for sure. And that I like the approach of whatever you're doing, go in there with service first in the forefront of your mind. And you can, and in the back of your, you know, your back of your mind, you're working towards a selfish goal. I think that's natural. I think it's, you know, you know, innate human behavior. So let's kind of pivot now. And let's talk about how to, how to, if I have the subordinate underneath me, if it's not just me and I'm trying to fix the guy that's kind of a, you know, he's got a big head. He's, he's, he's the person that's kind of inflated, has an inflated self, uh, sense of ego or, or, or inflated self-image or not, I'm messing up my words here, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. And inflated sense of self essentially, right? Like he's too big for his britches. How do you fix that guy? Okay. Um, what would you do, Justin, in that case? Just curious. Punch him in the nose. <laughs> Just go beat the <laughs> shit out of him. Um, okay. You said a subordinate, right? Yeah. Like so are we you- specifically talking someone underneath me, kind of cocky, arrogant. Hey, I'm the best subordinate you've ever had um yeah so let's, I mean, just I, say, let's just say you got a team let's make it easy for people to follow so you are a let's say platoon leader no let's say platoon sergeant okay you're platoon sergeant which means you have right around 30 soldiers underneath your leadership yeah you're responsible for training them and making sure they're ready for combat all right and you got some squad leaders that some of them have big heads some of them don't and maybe a couple of them, maybe actually a couple of them do have big heads and they're like getting too far ahead of themselves. You notice it cause you got experience. You've been there before too. Yeah. Um, and you want them to reel it back in. And one of the things that they think that they're really, really good at is let's just say that their, their tactical training, they're kind of cutting some corners because they're like, Oh, I got this. You know, I, I know, okay. I know how to do close quarters marksmanship. I don't need to go drill it again. I've been doing this for like a decade. You know, yeah. I don't need to go do the training today. I'm, I already got this. I'm perfect at it. My head's huge. I'm, my guys are good too. <laughs> what, what do you do with that person? I, I give them, I, I try to put the pressure on probably by giving them more responsibility, especially you went further with that example than I was expecting you to with the whole marksmanship thing and other words that yeah. don't mean anything to me. <laughs> Sorry. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I said, I said CQB, didn't I? So close quarters <laughs> marksmanship, close quarters battle. I mean, all right, all right. You just pick up with the intention here with my but intention. Anyway, the point being, in any case, person, inflated ego, thinks they're really good at this thing. I probably just keep up in the responsibility for them until, and trying to kind of, Kind of trying to set up that failure you mentioned back at the beginning of the podcast. You said that was one of the things they need to fail. Just kind of see, you know, where the where the pipes burst at, how much pressure can be put on. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Yeah. So we talked about the two techniques, which is I guess we gave the answer a little bit early, which was, hey, yeah. emotional conversation or you set them up a little bit to fail. And the, the failure one works really well, because when you have somebody that's a little bit arrogant and they fail, they think that they're awesome and their confidence is up. So they want to fix the actual problem. They're like, I'm too good to fail, right? What the fuck? Let me fix that shit. But they also come to the realization, okay, I failed. And you as the leader kind of get to prove a point that they aren't as good as they think they are. So I saw this um, happen before in my career where my my platoon sergeant did this with the squad leaders and they were they were going through the same, that same example that I just shared. They were, um, now I'm not, exact with the specifics here but in general this was what was going on was that they the platoon sergeant wanted the guys to train a little bit more on some tactical skills like close quarters battle and he had gotten some pushback so he came to me you know we started talking one day about how to kind of fix the the big head challenge that we had and now listen you want especially in the military and and in a side of a business you want your guys to have you know, a, a little bit of a big head. You want them to be confident because who wants to send soldiers or rangers mm-hmm. to battle and they're not confident in themselves? Yeah. That's a bad yeah. situation, man. You also you also want them to have actual skills. I was going to say, if this guy is actually extremely good at close quarters battle or whatever we're talking about right now, like, and you try to quote unquote set him up for failure, but then he ends up doing really well. Like you have to be humble about that as a leader too right and be like oh shit you are really good you're more of an asset than i thought you were yeah <laughs> at the same time the leader's role is to always you know when somebody's doing really really well you, it, the challenge is convincing them that they there's still room for improvement 
and okay. giving them that humbling experience because that's really what we want. We want to like con we want constant improvement. And now, if, now if one of my leaders or junior leaders is doing really poorly, he's like, "Man, I'm screwing this up. I feel like shit." I'm not going to come in and tell him, "Yeah, man, you can do a better job." Like I'm going to kind of boost him up and get his head a little bit bigger so that he has more confidence to go do the task. So you know, the example that I'm going through, this was happening in our platoon, and and you know, we had awesome, incredible junior leaders and squad leaders inside of this platoon, man. I mean. They were, they were, they were badass. And, um, that, that there was a point in time where that platoon sergeant came up to me and he said that he said that, Hey, I think we got a little bit of, you know, uh, he was, he was just, he was just mentioning that we could probably use some, some humility. And I was like, all right, so what do you got in mind? And he was, we brainstormed, we decided that we would, it would be great training for all of us, not just the, the leaders, but you know, the, not just the junior leaders, but the, the platoon leaders and the platoon sergeant to go through and pre-fatigue ourselves and then do some training. So we said, all right, we, we as a culture think that we're, we're better than we think we are, right? We kind of had that assessment. Like we, we think we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves. So let's do this. Let's do an airborne operation. We'll jump out of an airplane, we'll wear our equipment or bring it with us. And then when we touch down, we'll put it on like rucksacks or whatever. And your, your kit, your body armor, and uh, actually, no, we didn't have rucksacks. We just had our kit, just our body armor. And, but we, but we packed it with us. If I remember correctly, we jumped out of the plane and we hit, and then we had, we said, Hey, we're going to do eight miles, an eight mile run to the building that we're going to go practice close quarters battles on battle drill, or excuse me, close quarter battle on. So we ran eight miles. We're pretty fatigued, man. We do an airborne operation. It's not a fast thing. It's like, takes a long time. You got to rig up, you got to get your equipment on, you got to sit in a plane, you're, you haven't drank water because you don't want to like rig, get your parachute on and everything. And then have to go take a leak and take everything <laughs> off. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a painful process. Yeah. Then on top of that, we're going to run eight miles to the, to the mount site, the, uh, the mock site. And then we're going to go in there with training munition and we're going to shoot some targets. We're going to do that at small, at small, small team level. And then afterwards, we'll, we'll send, you know, one team in at a time, and then we'll give them the feedback on their accuracy. Okay. So we did that jump in, run eight miles, go do this close quarters battle drill, have everybody go in, shoot their targets, and then walk through as kind of like graders and say, Hey, here's how each of you did. Hey, you missed a shot here. This, what the hell? There's a shot over here in the wall. <laughs> There's a good shot right here, but this we're all over the place, man. And when you do that, it's the data shows the leaders and the guy that maybe had a larger head than he should have that he, there's room for improvement. And now he, that guy felt responsible, not only for his own marksmanship, but the team's marksmanship. And he was like, all right, guess what guys, we're going to run drills till we get this shit. Right. And it's just boom, boom. This, he starts picking up on the training. So that's, that's what I mean by kind of creating some failure. Do you like that? Would you think of that story? It sounds like all the rest of your stories. <laughs> yeah. Just like, a military story where we did yeah. some some stuff, huh? <laughs> Airborne shots, hole in the wall. <laughs> it all comes together eventually. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, so how does how does that example but kind of articulate into your sphere of of the world, and how can you apply that into what you're doing? Is there anything that you see? It's still the same concept, right? Of when people are getting swollen head you know because there's probably a point for everybody that they're going to start kind of falling apart a little bit they're going to start losing a little bit of confidence which is an interesting question if knocking confidence is a way to kind of bring people back to reel them back into their humility i don't know if that's exactly what you want to be trying to do is like ruin someone's confidence but I think I think anybody could apply the same concept across anything. Okay. All right. What what about what about um how this episode has kind of impacted you now? Any adjustments that you see yourself making based off of the discussion? I'm going to be more selfless. We'll come back <laughs> next week and it'll be sixty nine thirty one. Are you telling me what I want to hear? Are you telling me? Are you telling me what you actually think? No, and... it will be sixty nine thirty one. But um, but that's good math I, you just did there. By the way, good math in public. You you start asking. Me I to... am good at that. I do have a swollen <laughs> ego about my math in public, um, abilities. So there's that kind of thing too. 
No, um, I, I do actually think that's the biggest thing that like stuck in my head is like I need to be more people oriented. Also, the thing you were saying that relates to me particularly and won't relate to everybody, but is the like wallflower syndrome of like I go to things and I'm just on my on my own on my own corner over there somewhere like I'm just not people oriented and I could definitely see that getting in the way. Yeah, short you know, term, so. short term, maybe not long term. It will. Right. And and I can speak from that to that from experience because I'm not like I just mentioned earlier, I'm not an outgoing. I want to help. Right type person, I, it took me, it's a skill that I've developed. And I think that, you know, a lot of people ask about it, you know, leadership, is it a skill or is it a talent? And I personally, this is my belief this is my opinion. I think that that leadership is a skill. It just depends on how you were brought up and what responsibilities you were given. And so typically what, what happens is like for myself, I had a lot of responsibility as a kid. I had, you know, three brothers that I was charged with taking care of all the time. And so older brothers and sisters and, and the, the leader of the family as a kid starts to develop those skills early on. And then as they get older, like as I got into the military, getting people to kind of do things that were, would achieve success was, came a little bit easier to me because I had been through that before and I was doing it kind of subconsciously. But if we don't start developing the leadership skills now, there's eventually going to be a point, you know, like you mentioned with yourself, like I could see it down the road you're going to have a bigger team and you're going to be struggling with like, okay, how do I get these guys to move along with me? And, and how do I get them? And if they constantly see you as somebody that's just looking out for themselves and selfish, it's going to cause a huge problem. It's going to cause. So, so we want to habitually develop that ability now and, and just make it part of our DNA to serve and help. But also we got to stay focused on our path for sure. Um, but it just takes that, takes a little bit of balance, I think. Right. I'm guilty of the same thing, right? I get, hyper focus and um yeah because you know also what's going to happen here let me just bring this up is that your your team whatever however big it becomes is going to adopt your personality so you got to constantly think do i want my teammates my my subordinates behaving in the way that i'm behaving that's that's there's a yeah what, what book did i read that in but i know i read it in a book and i also experienced this firsthand that the unit, the team underneath the leaders, okay, that team always develops the personality of the leadership over it. It it, it always does, man. And uh, so you gotta you gotta ask yourself, like, would I be happy with others behaving the way that I'm behaving? I do this all the time because I have just like yourself, I have multiple things going on, right? I'm mm -hmm. building Conquer Academy. That's my focus. Number one, okay. Number two, I do my MMA training and fitness, but I have the flaw of getting hyper-focused. So I can take my eye off, you know, I can't focus on two balls at once and I can easily create the impression that I'm focused on goal number two more than goal number one, even though goal number one, priority number one, Conquer Academy is the most important to me. So I'm constantly reeling myself in too because I don't want everybody else, you know, having multiple things and then favoring their lower priorities and kind of abandoning what we're trying to build here because we have a big, a big mission to fulfill. You know, this is going to be a global, a global brand. It's going to, and it helps people every single day. So I got to stay focused on that and how many people we can help versus how, how hard can I train today? Because I love the way it makes me feel. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, any thoughts on that? Any thoughts on that last little, like, every, so every morning Jeremiah wakes up and he's like laying in bed and he's got like the discord chat for conquer Academy on one hand and like his whoop strap in the other. <laughs> Yeah, and he's exactly. like, man, which one am I giving my energy to today? I keep myself <laughs> controlled. I give myself. It's always, it's always conquer. I make sure that I'm moving that first, be present, and then I'm like, ooh, all right, what can I do? It's hard today for myself. Let's do it. And really, for me, it's it's a matter of systems and processes and routines. Like, if as long as I'm, you know, I set mental like I have standards for myself. How much am I engaging? How much am I interacting? Where am I showing up? When am I not showing up? Those type of things, and that helps kind of guide me. And I'm sure I'm more than imperfect, but uh, and I, and I make mistakes along the way. But that definitely helps kind of keep me in check to make sure that I'm, you know, like the like the saying goes, leading by example. Right? That's why yeah. that's why that example for that saying exists. Cool. Well, man, awesome discussion today. And I know that's going to help out somebody. Anything else that you want to close out with before I, before I close this out? No. 
Okay. Any no housekeeping stuff that I've been slacking on that you want to type me up on? If you've been slacking on it, I've been slacking on it too. But no, housekeeping stuff, I haven't seen anything really pop up out of the blue lately. Still just fairly steady growth. I mean, it's not steady growth, like straight line, like you see all those memes with the podcast. Our podcast is the same way. We're like, oh, oh, oh. but yeah. overall, Good. steady growth. So keep it coming. Lots of shares on last week's episode. That was awesome to see. Or maybe y'all are just finally tagging me from <laughs> seeing them. <laughs> yeah. You guys give Justin some love from time to time. Give him some love. Give him, you know, tag him yeah. on social on the podcast uh, <laughs> shares that you do. All right. Underscore Justin RP. That's that'll be the only housekeeping thing that we do today. We'll be like, hey, okay. share share today's episode if you find value in it and make sure you tag underscore Justin RP on yes. uh, on Instagram if you do. Exactly. Okay. All right, everybody. Appreciate you listening today. I appreciate you taking some time out to, you know, reach. Well, like I mentioned, you know, try to becoming or try to become. You listen today, and you 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 got a little bit closer to self mastery. Is really what happened, you know. And and we talked a lot about leadership, leading the individual that maybe has a big ego. We also talked about leading yourself, and I know that this episode is really going to change the trajectory of your week. Um, I'm hoping maybe it you know helps you throughout your entire life. If you need to come back to it, listen to it again. But I found value in it, and I know you did too. So, what I would ask is that yeah, you tag Justin in your story if you guys share it on social media. But that you just you embody today's message, okay? And find out where you need to rein yourself in a little bit. Do you need to be a little bit more selfish, or do you need to be a little more selfless? And you know it deep down. You possess the power. All right, so just to consider that, and then just make your adjustments as necessary, okay? Until next time, be the leader. I need some motivation. Motivation. Every day I try a little harder, but my dedication. dedication. Keep my head way, way above the water. Crying myself when I yell at the wall. Begging to run, but I needed to crawl. I see the finish line up ahead. Trying to get traction from all of this tread. I am a king. I am a queen. I am more than the people can see. I am strong when I'm needing to be. Vulnerability's nothing to me. You can try, but I'm unshakable. My successes is never debatable. I'm chameleon. I'm so interchangeable. Here's to you and all that you are capable. You gotta go hard, better get it. You gotta go.